Good morning. Welcome. Say, so if you have your Bibles with you, could you turn with me to Philippians 4.4? 4. I'm reading out of the New King James Version here. It's just one verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Can I ask you a question? How many here know that God doesn't change? Amen. Amen. How many here let our circumstances change when we rejoice in the Lord? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't say rejoice in the Lord out of the conditions of a brand new truck. <laughs> At least not in this version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't rejoice in the Lord when our health and our finances are doing great. We rejoice in the Lord. So when our health and our finances are gone, good news, God is still good. He is still here. Could we stand and pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I pray that even in our doubts and our lack of understanding, we can rejoice in you. I pray your blessing over this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. Why don't you greet two or three people? Well, so I find myself, after last week, uh, ending that series of last week, which I, I thought was going to be one sermon and turned out to be ten. So things series happens, you know, as uh, the phrase goes. Um, but I, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's been something that's been on my heart for quite some time, a long, long time. And as I was seeking the Lord this week, it just, it, I really felt led that this is the time to share this. And, uh, and, and to do it, we need to, we need to change some things up, just a tad. I just felt, I just felt led this morning. I kept, I kept seeing myself doing this. And so I, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. Here's what I need. Here's what I need. I need every person in this room who is between the ages of 12 and 22. Between the ages of 12 and 22. I need you to come and sit in the first two rows right over here. Can you guys come over here and come in from wherever you're at? Everyone who's between. And if, and if, uh, if you fill up the first two rows, then just go into the third row. And oh, you guys don't have to move. You can, you're young at heart. I mean, uh, no, I, however you want to do it. I'm just teasing. Phil, and here's the reason I'm having them move. The reason I'm asking them to move into this area is because this sermon literally is, or this, and I think it will be a, at least a short series, is, uh, oh, here, oh, yeah, oh, fill in over here, guys. Oh, everybody's like, Third row, third row. Everybody, uh, yeah, all of, okay, all, all of you older people in the third row, move back a little bit. Because I want to, come on over here, guys. I want to be right in this section right here. You'll understand here in a second. You'll understand why. Because this series is literally for everyone, but this age group, this age group needs to hear this, needs to hear it, must hear it. 
So in the weeks to come, keep sitting here. I'll tell you when you're released, okay? But I want you guys, I want you to, to fill up these rows for the next couple of weeks. And, and everybody's going to be blessed, but, I, you know, this is very important. All right, turn with me to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Now, I have to tell you, I'm looking around. I don't see the person who sent me this. But last night I got a text uh, with a video and they were laughing. They said this, this, uh, the video that they had watched reminded me of part of my sermon a few weeks ago where I talked about there's some verses that you shouldn't have on a, a, a magnet on your refrigerator. You know, and the, the, that, you know, the one I was specifically talking about was the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. You know? Yeah, you don't, you don't put that verse on your, you know, you shouldn't. And mainly because that verse is not for us. Because, you know, God isn't the one who, you know, gives and takes away. You know, remember we talked about who said that. It was one of Job's friends, and, and God rebuked him at the end. You know, he says, okay, wait a second. That's not, you don't know me. You don't understand me. But there are verses you don't, you don't uh, want to put on your refrigerator. And I thought of a lot of others, and some of them I'm like, no, I'd love to see. But yet, I'll, maybe we'll post the video. Maybe I'll have Pastor Greg post the video, and you'll see it. But I started laughing because one of the ones that, they, that was in this video is what I'm going to read this morning. So here it is. Ecclesiastes, beginning with chapter 1, verse 1, says, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. And here's the verse that they had. Vanities, vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Foolishness, foolishness. Craziness, crazy. Come on, wait, worthlessly. It's just, it's just a waste of time. Life is a waste of time. I, I, I know teenagers that are like that. You know, they're just like, oh, this, this is just boring. I, my, man, when I learned real early as a teenager, if I told my folks I was bored, ooh, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, you don't do, you learned that too. Good, good. Your parents are awesome. Don't do that. Verse three, what does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. Verse five, the sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around the earth. Around and around goes the wind. And on its circuits, the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter, or cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Life just happens, and it happens over and over and over and over again. Every day, you have to get up, and you have to start your routine. How many of you are routine people? Like, you get up every morning, you do the exact same thing every day. How, how many of you, it's a roll of the dice, what happens next? Yeah, the rest of you, exactly. You know, but, but it's just, you know, every morning the sun comes up, praise God. And every day it goes down. It has been doing that from the moment God said, let there be. When he said, let there be, it just keeps happening. Over Life happens, life happens, life happens. It can be monotonous. And, and Solomon, who was trying to gain wisdom, was looking at it like, you know, it just, it just keeps happening. 
over and over and over again. What use is there? Nothing ever changes. And then we read this verse where it culminates in verse 9, and it, it's, it's really important that we do get the fact that what has been is what will be. And what has been is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. Literally, guys, everything that you're experiencing in your life right now has been experienced before. Everything that you're doing, every decision that you're making, every way that you're living your life, this is not, you're not the first person that has ever experienced this before. I mean, I, I'm talking to parents now here for a second, parents of teenagers. You ever had your parent go, you know, have your, your child go, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't, you don't, you never had to live like, you know, you have to make these choices. Like, I hear that. I just start laughing. Because every, trust me. Now think about this. It might actually send a shiver up your spine. Everything you've ever done, your parents have either done or thought about it. <laughs> and they've actually lived long enough to do some things you haven't even thought of yet. There's nothing new under the sun. Now, on one side, that's kind of like Solomon was saying, it's kind of like... I want something new. I want something fresh. I want something that's exciting. I mean, because he's had everything. He, and that was what he was doing was he was actually taking stock of life because he literally had everything. He had anything and everything anyone could ever want. And he was taking stock of life itself and wanted to give an answer at the end. But his, the way he starts this is, come on, guys, this is boring. It just keeps happening over, and there is nothing new under the sun. This series, I believe it's a series, at least a couple of sermons, is titled, Nothing New Under the Sun. Now, it might be bad and boring to some, but it's actually very reassuring to me. It's very reassuring, and that's why and the reason being is the next set of verses that we're going to read. Go over to Matthew. Matthew chapter 24. For those of you Bible scholars, I just heard a couple of groans. Matthew 24. Oh no. Here we go. We're going in. We're going down the rabbit hole. Here we go, folks. Matthew chapter 24, beginning with verse 1, says, Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, You see all these? Do you not? Truly, I say to you, there will not be left one or left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. So he's walking out of the temple. The disciples are going, look at this building. Look at that. Isn't this beautiful? Anybody, those of you who have been to Jerusalem, Jerusalem is beautiful. I mean, even in its demolished state, you know, even in its, you know, its reduced state, 
Jerusalem is a very beautiful city, and, and looking at it, and just, you, look, you see it, and it's, I, I get why people go, whoa, Jerusalem. But back then, the temple was in its glory, or at least its second glory. You know, the, the original temple was, but by this time, it's, this was not Solomon's temple, this was Herod's temple. And it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, 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 a small or a, a smaller version, you know, not as nice. But even then, it was still impressive. And they were going, Jesus, look at this. Isn't this amazing? And Jesus looks around and he goes, ah, there's not going to be one stone left on top of another. And that's the version we see. That's what we see today is not one. On the Temple Mount, there is nothing left of the original temple. There's the Western Wall or the Wailing Wall, but it's, there's not the temple. It doesn't exist because Jesus said, don't you guys, he goes, here's the deal, it's not, there's not gonna be one stone. I mean, and that, we, we hear that today, 2,000 years later, and we, and we go, oh, you know, that's, that's sad. But that was devastating to them. The idea that the temple would not exist one day was devastating because it's, it was their identity. It was their culture, it was, it's who they were. And it was devastating to them to even, why would Jesus say that? They don't say anything to him as they're walking out of the temple, out of the city, across the valley, up into the Mount of Olives. But then we get to verse three, and it says, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? You know, this question of when is, it, when is the end coming is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. They've been asking the same question for two, oh, we see right here, it's documented that they've asked that same question for 2,000 years. Hey, Jesus, when's this gonna end? How is it gonna end? Tell us what's gonna happen. Tell us, tell us the events of the end. Everybody wanted to know. So Jesus answered them, verse four, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Oh, here we go. Here we go. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. Do we just stay there for a while? We get that? Let that sink in. Let, see that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Verse seven, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then, if that ain't bad enough, if that's not bad enough, then you will be delivered, or they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. At this point, you think the disciples are going, God, I wish we hadn't asked him. <laughs> they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my sake, for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. 
See, they just wanted to know when the stones were going to be taken off, you know, when the temple was going to be destroyed. And Jesus says, well, that ain't nothing. You want to hear what's really coming? It's the feel-good sermon of the year, yay! Verse 11, we're not done yet. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will, in, will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But, here's the, here, here, pull, pull up, pull up. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And the end, and then the end will come. We are in a time in this earth where there is wars and rumors of wars. We're in a time in this earth where nations are rising against nations. But don't give up. I'm going I'm to give you the hope right off the bat. But then I'm going to prove it. I'm going to ne- take the next few weeks to prove the fact that don't lose heart. That's the point of this whole thing. I, I, I was very dramatic in this for reading that because I wanted to really get it to sink in because that's what they did to me when I was 12. <laughs> the church I went to, they were way into this end times uh, you know, prophecy and it's going to be bad. They're going to turn us over. They're going to, they're gonna, you know, I, I won't do it, but I just kind of did it. And you could just feel your... Uh, uh, you, know, you just feel your, your, your insides starting to grow cold even then. But don't, let's not focus on that because there, I, I'm going to prove why we shouldn't focus on that. What we need to focus on is don't lose heart. Why? Why? Good question. I'm glad you asked me that. So I'm having the, the young people sit up front because then they can't see the old people behind <laughs> as we, we talk about some of this. So let me ask this. I've already had people ask me this, I've already, and maybe you've had people ask you this. They've asked me this question. Is this the end? Is this the end? I'm not going to answer that yet. I'll give you an answer someday, but I won't answer it yet. But I'm going to start here. Here's where I'm going to start. Because I'm going to, I'm going to throw some, some thoughts out there and I'm going to lose the first three rows in a very quick, quick amount of time. I remember September 11th. I remember September 11th. I remember right where I was. I remember right where I, I mean, I was in the, the Ace Hardware in River Falls, Wisconsin. I walked into the Ace Hardware in River Falls, Wisconsin, and nobody was in the store. Nobody. That's a little eerie. You know, you want to start calling your Christian friends and make sure they weren't raptured. <laughs> but there's nobody in the store. And if I remember it, there weren't even people driving around at that, in that morning, that morning, it was probably about 9.30 a.m., right around in there, it was just eerie. And I went, hello? No answer. 
Hello? Is anybody here? I want to buy something. Finally, I hear a voice back in the storeroom. We're back here. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm out here. And I'm, they don't come out. And I'm like, what is going on? So I walk back there, and there's five or six people gathered around a TV watching the first tower burn. Now, that messes with you. And I said, what happened? They said, well, they're not really sure. They think somebody accidentally flew a plane into one of the towers, which was very quickly proven not to be the case when in front of our eyes we watched the second plane hit the second tower. Ugh. I mean, just ugh. I remember the feeling. You remember, the people, first couple, how many of you the first three rows, how many of you were alive? Except you old people, I know you weren't. Or you were. How many of you in the first, remember that? You, you remember, or you, or you don't see, you don't even remember that it happened. How many of you parents, how many of you older people remember that? Yeah, you can, they all, look, just turn around. Raise your hands, raise your hands. Just turn around, look at that real quick. Because that feeling was scary. It's kind of as scary as hearing that Russia just invaded Ukraine. Except it was on our shore. Let's go back a little further. I remember, because, here's the deal, because, you know, uh, uh, September 11th happened like that. It just happened, and we didn't, know, we didn't expect it to happen. Things, things were awesome. We, things were peaceful. It was wondering. I mean, we were just like, hey, you know. But that happened in a second. But this next one was something that affected our lives as old people for a year or more before it ever happened, I remember December 31st, 1999. You hear the laughter. December 31st, 1999. I know right where I was. At 11.59 at night, I know exactly where I was. I was standing on the, on the podium at church because I wanted to be as close to God as I possibly could. <laughs> because that was Y2K. We were told for months and months and months ahead of time, everything's going to go. So the problem with, with having everything on computers is that when the computers go down, everything's going to go. We're not going to have any water. We're not going to have any food. We're not going to have any electricity. We're not going to have nothing. It's going to be, and if you have any children, <laughs> we had just had a child. Why didn't God stop us from having a child? Because now it's not just me that's going to be thirsty or my wife is going to be thirsty, but my baby. And for months and months and months, they were like, it's going to be bad, folks. Be bad. I still remember, I still remember watching a TV program where a preacher was telling his congregation, you got to be prepared. He's yelling at them. You got to be prepared. You're going you're gonna to have water gallons and gallons and gallons of water on. You're going to have like at least a year and a half or two years of food on hand. You're going to have gas. And, and, and somebody in the congregation laughed. <laughs> oh, and he went ballistic, man went red-faced, and he's yelling, when your swelling tongue makes it so you can't breathe, you'll remember my words. I was like, 
off, you're gone. Don't, just come on. I'm so old <laughs> that I remember October 19th, 1987. See, see how you guys notice how there's less and less laughter? Because, you know, this, we're getting back there, okay? October 19th, October 19th, 1987. What was happening that was absolutely a sign of the end of the world? The twins were winning the World Series. In the words of Solomon, everything that has been done is, been, is now being done, okay? It's, it, it, the end can happen. We're done. No. No, no, no. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going to go. Yeah, it's not that cold. Exactly. Um, 1987, I woke up, heard the news that the stock market had just dropped the largest percentage ever, more than the Great Depression, more, more than in a one-day loss, more than the Great Depression. The, the twins were winning the World Series. I'm like, the end is near. I, I called up my fiance, Debbie, and I said, you know what, I think the end has come, let's go get married. And we did, that's also our anniversary. <laughs> I'm good, the end, the end can come now, I'm set, I'm happy. I'm even so old, now this, one, this one's actually gonna stump a few of you, but it's, 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 it's actually, Pretty neat when I was when I was thinking about it and, re, and doing all of this. I remember October sixth. None of you will get this. Literally, I, if one of you gets it, you are the you're the best. I remember October sixth, nineteen eighty one. October sixth. Nope, not Reagan. Close though. That happened in that right around that same time. October sixth, nineteen eighty. This is this one is more biblical. This is more biblical. I was a freshman in college the first time. And <laughs> the first time, the first time. October 6, 1981, I was getting ready to go to class, one of the few times I actually went to class that, that, that first time around. Getting ready to go to class, and we had the TV on and the, and the morning news. That's how you got your news. Tw twice a day you could get the news. Maybe well, three if you wanted to wait up. The, but the morning news was on, and I'm getting ready, and all of a sudden they said, this just in, from Egypt, Anwar Sadat was just murdered, just, just assassinated while giving a speech. And they're showing live footage, not live, I mean it was recorded footage of Anwar Sadat being gunned down on the podium. And, in, and I grew up in the church, folks. I heard all of the stuff, and it was actually much more fresh. I heard all the prophecies, I heard... When I heard that the president of Egypt was gunned down, and the thing is, Anwar Sadat was one of the main players of the, of the Mideast Peace Accord, and he was killed because of the Mideast Peace Accord. My, my you know, uh, 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 prophetic uh, uh, tinglies, you know, uh, spidey sense here, uh, prophetic sense, 
started happening, trying to get back to the younger kids. They understand what that means. Okay, I, 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 it started going off because I'm thinking, this is the last war. It's starting right now. I, I couldn't go to class. I mean, I literally, I, I just, I'm watching this and I, got, I called my mom. Are you still there, mom? You know, because I'm thinking maybe the rapture is happening and I wasn't really living for God, but you know. I remember April 30th, 1975. April 30th, 1975. I watched this on the news too. It was the fall of Saigon. Now that means nothing to you guys, which is kind of sad because your teachers aren't teaching you anything. The fall of Saigon was the first war America ever lost. I was 12. My dad and I watched the news every night. I'd sit next to my dad and we'd watch the news and we'd talk about the news. My, my dad was awesome. I went to school and, and history for me wasn't history. History was, I watched much of this. I remember, and so you, you, you really old people, remember the nightly news where you would see body counts. And I, I did some more research. I went, I went into this a bit. I, went, I dug a little, because it actually started to fascinate me. In, the, in, in, in that year, one, in one day, we lost 500 soldiers. In one day. That was one of the days of that war. As a young child, man, it affected me. It messed with me. But I remember it. I'm telling you these, these things because everything that's, ever, everything that's happening right now has happened before. There's nothing new under the sun. And what that should actually do is actually give you a little bit of hmm, perspective. And it's important to have perspective. I don't remember. I remember the summer of 1968. And you think, well, what was the, what's the big deal about the summer of 1968? Well, the summer of 1968, there were, there were literally riots all over the world. It wasn't just America. It was all over the world. Universities were, were burning. Kind of like what we saw two years ago. Martin Luther King was assassinated that summer. He had just had a major victory, major victory for, for civil rights he was a powerful man, and he was gunned down. Robert Kennedy was assassinated that fall. I remember seeing those things on the news. And, and every time one of those things happened, you just, oh, it's a shock to the system. I remember, well, actually, this, this is what I don't remember, but I was alive. I was alive November 22nd, 1963. John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Which anyone who's alive, anyone who's old enough could tell you exactly where they were when they heard it, heard about it. My parents told me about the Korean War. My dad was not drafted. He doesn't know how he didn't get into that war. He says he has no idea, but he just, he didn't. 
but they told me about it. My grandparents, or I'm sorry, my dad, was actually, remember, ever, ever see the video of uh, the Franklin Delano Roosevelt's speech about Pearl Harbor, where you see the video, where you see the little boy sitting in front of the, the, the radio? Anybody ever see that? Okay, I just got really old. Uh, there's an iconic picture or photograph of uh, the family sitting around and this little child sitting in front of the radio and listening to Franklin Delano Roosevelt's speech about the attack on Pearl Harbor. My dad told me he was, he was listening that day. He heard that, and I asked him, I said, how did that make you feel? <laughs> My dad, I can't tell you exactly what he said. <laughs> he was a man of very eloquent language. And he goes, what scared the out of me? He said, I was scared to death because a foreign army was attacking our shores. And, and it wasn't like you could see video of it. All you heard was something, there was an attack on Pearl Harbor. I mean, it's just that, you know, they give you enough information to really scare you. Well, we're, we're, I'm not done yet. None of you remember. Well, maybe, well, let's see. My grandparents raised families through the Great Depression. My grandparents. And they told me all the time about the Great Depression. Especially when I threw something away. Don't you realize what that could be used for? It's a crumpled up bread wrapper, Grandma. But my grandma would put on bread wrappers over her feet to put him inside of her holy shoes to walk out in the snow in. None of you remember that. That's old stuff. Some of you remember going, oh, I remember that. I remember doing that. Okay, yeah, that's how old we are. My great-grandmother lived through World War I and World War II. My great-grandmother, I'm trying to figure it out because we have it in our files somewhere. My great-grandmother uh, was 96 in, in 1978. I think that's the right dates. She was born in 1882. She was one of those really cool Christian ladies. I mean, just full of life, full, of, just smiled all the time. When, when they found her dead, she was in her rocking chair with her Bible on her lap, smiling. That's the way I want to go. Not in the same dress she was wearing, but the... I, the <laughs> When I was a kid, when I was a kid, in the 70s, the book, The Late Great Planet Earth came out. How many, raise your hands if you ever read The Late Great Planet Earth. Hal Lindsey. Hal Lindsey. Yeah, Hal Lindsey was, was talking about how it's going to end, and it was imminent, man. It was any minute, literally any minute, the end will come because everything's been fulfilled. Everything that could possibly happen has happened. And it's going to happen, and this is exactly how it's going to happen. Is Hal Lindsey even alive anymore? Is he? Whoa. Well, could be in his lifetime, I guess. I doubt it. All right. But my great-grandmother, great-grandmother, and, and, and this has been the mid-70s, uh, years before she died, and she, was, she had every bit of faculties until... 
our family was talking about this kind of stuff, end of the world, end, because our whole family on that side were Christians, they, you know, and so people were talking about this has got to be the end, and, this is, and I see my grandma sitting off on the side of the, the room uh, smiling, and I said, Grandma, I said, you don't seem to be worried, and she just laughed, she goes, really? Why would I be worried? And I said, well, they, they say the world could end at any moment, and she goes, that's what they said in 1900 too. She goes, we were convinced the world was going to end January 1st, 1900. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. So in, in looking all this up, I, I, like I say, I did some research, and I was looking at the year 1882, and I, just, I, I googled uh, uh, historical events in 1882. That would have been the year my great-grandmother would have been born. And, and, I, and I was just reading through and I was laughing at some of them as I remembered some of I don't remember it. I remember hearing about it. But I, had, I ran across something that was really, really interesting from a biblical standpoint. June 16th, 1882. June 16th, 1882. How many remember that? Jim? Just kidding, just kidding. Oh, there he is, there he is. <laughs> June 16th, 1882. 17-inch hailstones weighing a, one pound, one and three-quarters pound, 1.75 pounds, fell in the city of Dubuque, Iowa. 17-inch hailstones weighing a pound and three quarters. Where do you go? <laughs> when that big of hailstone is falling on a regular basis. Duck and cover, folks. Duck and cover. Get under your school desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One day later, one day later, Tornadoes killed 130 people in Iowa. So, here's my question. Is this the end? I'm just setting, I'm just setting this up, folks. Is this the end? No, I'm going to be honest with you. It could be. I doubt it. I'm just going to tell you, I'll tell you up front, I doubt it. So somebody else posted this, and, and they know who they are. I won't point them out. You'll recognize it here in a second. Somebody posted this this week as I'm putting this all together, and I just started laughing. I was like, here we go. This is perfect. It says, and it was just a, a meme on Facebook, so you know it's true. <laughs> it says, God did not give us the book of Revelation so that we could build bomb shelters in our backyards. He gave us this book so that we would build bigger dinner tables and invite our friends over and tell them about Jesus. Perspective. Perspective. There's nothing new under the sun. So when we see the daily news cycle and we hear about everything that they say is going to happen or could happen or may happen, or we think this may somehow, if we squint our eyes and we turn our heads sideways, it just, there's a possibility this, this may happen. And every one of those things can put fear in your life. 
and waste the time that you're given. Absolutely. Exactly. We're given today. We're given today. You know, before Deb and I got married, we actually thought long and hard. Because, I mean, I, I've studied the Bible. I've, I've heard all the stuff about end times. I've heard all the stuff about prophecy. And we, we, we talked and we had the conversation, why would we bring children into this world? Because if you look at what's happening right now, it can cause you to lock up and not live your life. You see why I brought the young people up here? Amen. You guys, you're, just, you're, you're gone. But these guys, <laughs> these guys have hope. You have hope. Live your lives. Live your lives. You have a life ahead of you. And, and here's the thing. We've been studying for almost a full year now the goodness and the, and the blessing and the power and the authority of who God is. He's the same God today as he was in 1900. He's the same God as he was in the 1800s. 1500s. You know, I mean, we didn't, you know, I could go way back to stuff that none of us that we just heard about. You know, whole nations were wiped out in wars and famines and in between this time. Yes, Jesus could come back any time, but we're given today. Live today. Obey him today. Follow him today. And we're going to spend a few weeks looking at people who were biblical people who found themselves in absolute life ending situations and I want to look at how did they handle it because we can learn some things from those people we can we can take how they handled it how they reacted to those situations and I and I'm telling you it's something to base your life after because they did great things powerful things with their life so so this series is going to be called nothing new under the sun you see why now it's called nothing new. There's nothing new in this sun, under the sun. Everything that's happened has happened. Everything that's happening right now has happened before. But how do we, how do you guys, how do you guys, okay, I'll let you, you guys have a future too. Yeah. <laughs> how do you guys, how do I live my life from this day forward with the life I'm given today? Amen. Now, there is one uh, uh, earth-shattering, horrible, horrible event in history that I do need to mention that I didn't put into the rest, but it, it's just, I'm going to leave you with this one. I remember, I remember January 17th, 1999, a day that will live in infamy. It was the day that Gary Anderson missed the football field goal <laughs> against, I guess against the Atlanta Falcons. I know what I do too. I do too. I was standing in front of a television at Monarch Ski Area in Denver, or in in you know Monarch, Colorado. I came in especially to watch the Vikings enter the Super Bowl. 
and it came down to Gary Anderson, who had not missed one field goal all year long. And we're all just going, yay, and all the Minnesota people were there, yay, and then, uh, <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> Stand, please. Let's pray, and then we'll head out. Father, we do thank you that you're, we are in the palm of your hand, and that you have the day, you have today. And Lord, we just thank you that you have given us, you know our future, and you, you give us a, a future and, and a hope. Thank you, Father, for these young people. Thank you, Father, for us old people. Thank you, Lord, that there is hope for the days ahead. There is so much, so much to live for, so much to look forward to, so much to give you praise and honor and glory for. And today we do it, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.